0: Spirit is so practical it would shock you. Now this morning what we have to understand about the Holy Spirit is that it's not just information. We just don't get information about the Holy Spirit but that information should go to, to revelation and when you get revelation of who he is then out comes transformation in your life. Anybody ever experienced transformation? Let me see your hand. You've experienced what the work of the Holy Spirit can do. Now, the Holy Spirit goes far beyond these four walls and and what can happen in a church service. But what my heart this morning is, is that if you have not experienced what's known as the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I just want to share a couple things. And then Pastor Joyce and I want to pray for you that you would receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then if you have experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit, then what we want to do is pray that you would receive a refreshing. Now, some things up front. In the first, we talked about scarecrows that kind of scare people of the Holy Spirit, that they've seen maybe him described as weird or a little out there or not really understanding him. I pray that if you're a seasoned saint, as we like to say here, that you would help guard the evangelism of the Holy Spirit as we pray for those who have not experienced him this morning, that we want it to be The thing is, when you receive the Holy Spirit, what we're going to do is we're going to pray with you. We're going to pray that you would be filled. And what begins to happen is the the gifts of the Holy Spirit then accompany your life. And what that looks like is many times the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which we're going to take some time and do teaching on for you, is what begins to happen is their motion activated. That when you need them in your life, you're walking, you're doing, you might need boldness. You, you, can, you can ask the Holy Spirit in that moment you need boldness and guess what happens? You feel the boldness come upon you. Or maybe you are just got cut off in traffic and everything within you wants to rage up and tell that person what, what it is. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit can tame your tongue where you can keep your faith. So the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit always show up when you need them. You might have seen the Holy Spirit holy spirit represented that or you might have been told the only the only way I have the holy spirit is if I speak in tongues. Tongues are very real. I believe in it. I've experienced it myself. But that is a gift of the holy spirit. What we're going to do is pray that you would be filled and then gifts come at different seasons of our life, the activation of them. So I pray that you not you not be weirded out, you not be freaked out but this be something so normal. This is a part of your Christianity. This is a part of your journey. And when you come forward in faith, we believe as we stretch our faith with yours that the Holy Spirit will touch you. You believe that this morning. I wanna share a couple things. If you are taking notes, I'm a note taker, but if you wanna label the message this morning, it would be catching fire, catching fire. What's neat is when we catch this fire that it's really not a suggestion that we see in the Bible. But, John, if you would put up Ephesians 5, 18, we see this command given. It says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, it puts that word, don't be drunk with wine. I think you can take that so much broader. That in life, there's things we run to when times are tough. There's things we run to that just stimulate us, whether it's pleasure, whether it's happiness. What is being said here is you don't need to run to all these different things. When you come to the Holy Spirit, he stimulates you. He energizes you. He fills you, and he fuels you for what is going to happen in life, the ups and downs and the highs and lows. So when you have the Holy Spirit, you have this assurance. You have this filling. You have this helper, as Jesus says, that it's to my advantage that you go because I'm sending the helper. And the helper is promised to you and I this morning. You know, when we ask of the Holy Spirit, we ask for his holiness and we ask for his spirit. So when you ask of him, you're asking for more of his holiness. And when his holiness comes into your life, as we've said, a controlled burn begins to happen. Where everything that's not of him begins to to be burned and begins to be purged in your life. I experienced this as a young man, as a teenager, and I can tell you from the the initial receiving of the baptism, it is what has kept me in my life. It's what's kept me fueled to keep trusting God through tough times, and many of you are a witness of that as well, that because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you are where you're at today. Can I get an amen to that? We see in, in John 14, 16, we see... Uh, the relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Sean, if you would put that up. It says this, it says, and I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper and he will abide with you forever. So we see Jesus goes to the Father and he asks that you would receive the Holy Spirit. So what that looks like is we ask the Father, we receive in faith, and then we go and believe it happened. If you have not experienced the Holy Spirit or if there is a question in your mind, do I have the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit really in me? It's that simple. It's you ask the Father, you receive it in faith, and then you go and believe it happened. You don't question it. You don't sit around saying, is the Holy Spirit with me? No, he's in you. If you asked him, he is in you and he is your helper. A couple points quickly that I want to share with you is when it comes to receiving the gift, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is this. is Number one, it's an ongoing relationship, not a one-time thing. I had a professor in college who was teaching on the Holy Spirit kind of say it like this. He said, it's not about just getting a dose of the ghost all the time, all right? It's about constantly living under the spout where the glory comes out. Constantly being in communion. A great man of faith, by the name of Charles Spurgeon said that your heart should always be in communion with God while your hands are busy with the work. That many times in churches, we just tarry, we love to tarry, let's experience his presence. But you have to understand the role and the purpose of the Holy Spirit isn't just to give us goosebumps, isn't just to give us a a feel-good aspect. Now, that's a a part of it, it that will happen. But the main underlying purpose, just as me to Bree, I, my main role to her is her husband. That's my main role. And there's a lot of other things that come underneath that. But the main role of the Holy Spirit is that you would be empowered to be a witness. That you would be empowered for evangelization. And we have to think broader than just going and talking to our neighbor. It's so much more than that. It's that you could be a witness in your home. It's that you can raise your kids. You can love your spouse. That you can be a witness of Christ. That he says... Jesus says that He calls us a royal priesthood, a holy nation. This is what He baptizes you in. You know, when you hear commands said like "be holy as I am," in ho- be holy as I am holy. Sometimes you're like, "How? I, how am I ever going to experience holiness the way that the Bible talks about it?" But what you have to understand, whenever you see a promise of God anywhere in the Bible, is it's a sign of His enablement. He just doesn't ask, God never asks us to do something that he does not equip us to do in this life. So when we see be filled with the Holy Spirit, he equips us so that we can walk and be led by the Spirit each and every day of our life to walk in the Spirit. So it's an ongoing relationship, not a one-time thing. Number two is only you can prevent yourself from being on fire. There's no circumstance, there's nothing that happens in life it's only us what our willingness to surrender, our willingness to empty ourselves. See because in order to be filled we have to be empty. And so when you surrender and we're going to pray here a prayer here in a minute to be surrendered, to empty ourselves and that the fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit would come. AW Tozer Another mighty man of God from the 1800s wrote a book on being filled with the Holy Spirit. He said this, each man is full of the Spirit as they care to be. In order to be filled with Him, He's got to be a priority in your life. There has to be a pursuit of Him. How much do you care to be full and filled with Him? Ephesians 4.30 says this, it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. A part of grieving Him is neglecting Him, is not going to Him, is not pursuing Him. we don't want to be a church, we don't want to be a temple that grieves the Holy Spirit. You know, in the theme of a controlled burn, there's what's known as fire retardant that can quench a fire, like a fire extinguisher or whatever you would use. Well, the fire retardant of the Holy Spirit is sin. And sin is what quenches the Holy Spirit. First Thessalonians 5.18 says this. Sean, if you would put it up. It says simply, do not quench the Holy Spirit. I might have that scripture wrong, but there's a scripture in 1 in Thessalonians that says do not quench the Holy Spirit. I'm just flowing with this because we want to pray with you. So you have to understand that the heart of God is that you not quench what he wants to do in your life. And unfortunately, we hear the phrase all the time, hey, don't sweat the small stuff. Don't sweat it. Well, the, the, the hard truth with the Holy Spirit is we have to sweat the small stuff. The scripture says it's just a little leaven that ruins the bread. It's the small foxes that kill the vine. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you walk with God with some time, what begins to happen is you begin to fine-tune your life. And when you fine-tune your life with the power of the Holy Spirit, then this is what happens. Many times we think when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we have to go and just hide from everything. You're not engaged in life. I have to stay over here. I'm holy. That is not holy. I am holy. I cannot be over there because that is not holy. That's not the truth. It's not isolation that happens. What happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit? Guess what he does? He insulates you He insulates you. He makes you strong. He makes you uh, powerful. He fills you so that the cares, the, the, the anxieties, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life will not pull you into sin because you're insulated by the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean? When you're insulated, you can go into the world and be an effective witness. You're not gonna be drawn and pulled away by the desires of the flesh. So only you can prevent yourself from being on fire. Before we can be filled, we must be emptied. There's two major themes in the book of Acts that we see over and over it's being in one accord, and it's being filled with the Holy Spirit. There's power when you unify, not just together. There's power when we're going to unify together, but there's power when we unify for the filling of the Holy Spirit. In our first service, we had several ladies come forward who one uh, lady had dealt with really bad spine pain. And so we prayed for her back, we prayed for her spine that it would align. There was others that came forward in tears, just needing restoration uh, between a daughter and a mother. The Holy Spirit isn't just to kind of zap you or to get a dose of him. He cares about the details of your life. Like we said in this series, he takes everything Jesus did, something as epic and as big as salvation, and makes it personal just for you. What he does ultimately too is he reveals the love of God to you. He reveals the love of God to you. He makes it real and he makes it personal. Our heart is that God, we want God, the Holy Spirit, to fill you and to fill you and, fill you and fuel you this morning scripture is full of times when how this happens is through the laying on of hands and so pastor joyce and i as your pastors want to lay hands on you and just simply ask that you would be filled with the holy spirit you received that this morning anybody could you use a filling of the holy spirit here in a minute i want to ask those that have never been prayed for like this, where you've never received the initial baptism in the Holy Spirit. And when we ask, I just simply want you to raise your hand, and then we want you to come, and one by one, we want to pray for you for the initial baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then after that happens, the team's going to come, and we're going to have an atmosphere of worship here. But then we want to pray for you just one-on-one, one on one, we want to lay hands and say, be refreshed and filled with the Holy Spirit. Those of you who need a refreshing of who He is and what He can do in your life. You see all throughout the book of Acts, before the apostles, whenever they would experience persecution, they would go before God and He would fill them for what was about to come. We live in a day and age where we, don't, we can turn a corner and everything in our life can change. Life is fragile. We need His presence. We need the Holy Spirit. We don't want to move without him. I love this too, because this is what will happen when the Holy Spirit touches your life. He leads you in two dimensions simultaneously. I wrote this down. Those two dimensions are simple. Is he takes you deeper into the heart of God. Anybody want to go deeper into the heart of God? And number two, he takes you into the world. Just don't stay there. He then puts you on mission, and there's duty, there's, there's vision that God wants to pour into you. You even see as is in Isaiah 6 when the prophet Isaiah, you know the, the famous scripture where it, he was in adoration of God, and it says that as he was worshiping God, that he sees the glory of the Lord, the train filled the temple. That's at the beginning, and then at about verse 8, we hear the powerful passage of scripture that Uh, God goes looking for someone to send. And what does Isaiah say? He says, here am I, send me. So we see that as he was worshiping, what you and I are gonna be doing, he goes deeper into the heart of God. And then out of that, God speaks and he says, here am I, send me. My prayer, my heart is, is that you would have the same heart as Isaiah. That when the Holy Spirit touches you, whether he's going to send you into a challenging situation that you would have the heart that says, here am I, send me. I trust you, Holy Spirit. I trust your leading. I need you in my life. I want us to pray this together this morning. Sean, if you would put our declaration up on the screen that we would unify under this. This was a prayer similar to what I prayed when I experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if you're new here for the first time, this might be a little different for you This isn't what a traditional service looks like here, but this is a value that we have, that we believe in the impartation of the Holy Spirit. And as we said, the Holy Spirit just isn't information, information, teaching, teaching. It is an experience that he has for your life. This is a powerful prayer, and I want to read, and then I just want us to pray this together. It says this, it says, Father, I am hungry for more of you and I desire to have everything you want to give me. The Bible says you give your spirit to anyone who asks. So today, I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Fill every part of my being so I am flooded with your power and your presence. Take all of me. I surrender all that I am right now in Jesus' name. Does anyone believe that this morning? Is that your heart's desire? you would bow your head we're going to declare this in a minute but I just want us to go before God a powerful path to the presence of the Holy Spirit is repentance is forgiveness of sins the grace of Jesus makes this applicable for your life but I pray that you would just go before the Holy Spirit allow his knocking right now whatever he's knocking on your heart whatever he's bringing to the surface whether it's a temptation it's a struggle It's a sin, it's a past sin. And right now, just ask the Holy Spirit, ask Jesus. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Just say it under your breath. Say, Jesus, forgive me of this sin. Forgive me of this passivity of your presence. I repent. And as you repent, the grace of Jesus is gonna come and make you clean. He's gonna empty you. He's gonna make you able to receive his anointing this morning, the fresh outpouring the oil of the Holy Spirit. We repent of our sins right now in Jesus' name. And now as we've repented and we've emptied ourselves, we now ask for a desire to be filled. See, it's not just something you passively walk into, something you have to hunger for. So as you're with your head bowed, just ask right now, say, Holy Spirit, I hunger for you. I want to be filled by you. I don't wanna take this moment lightly. I want to be refreshed by you. Fill me, Holy Spirit. I want to desire after you. Put a longing in me. Put a craving in me for you. Baptize me. I ask. I believe. I receive. And I go knowing that you want to fill me this morning. You can lift your head. I want us to pray this in faith this morning. Wherever you find yourself, you don't know what awaits you when you walk out these doors this morning, but the Holy Spirit does. And He can lead you, He can guide you, you can hear the still small voice of His presence. So I want us to pray this together, and I want us to pray this in faith. And then I want to ask those that have not received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and if you want to be prayed for, that opportunity is available for you this morning. Maybe you need a little more time or you don't understand it. Go with what you're feeling in your heart right now. It's usually that nudge. It's, okay, I'm going to respond in faith. I might not fully understand it, but I'm going to go forward and, and trust the Holy Spirit. But let's pray this together. Father, I am hungry for more of you, and I desire to have everything you want to give me. The Bible says you give your spirit to anyone who asks. So today I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Fill every part of my being so I am flooded with your power and your presence. Take all of me and surrender all that I am right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So we just came into a unity. We're in one accord. And we want to ask for the Holy Spirit to fill us. Also, if you have never confessed Jesus as your Lord and you come forward this morning, we want to lead you in that prayer of salvation because when salvation comes, then that's the doorway into the Holy Spirit, okay? So right now, if you've never experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit, if you haven't been uh, experienced the laying on of hands, I just want you to slide your hand up right where you're at if you have a desire to be prayed for. Is there anyone here this morning? Amen. So what we want to do as um, Nadia comes forward here in a minute, me and Pastor Joyce are going to come down here and it's, there's no order. The thing is with the Holy Spirit, there's no formula in how he moves and how he operates. But what our heart and what our desire is is to set the stage for him to come and move in your life. So if you, maybe in the middle of the service, you feel the Holy Spirit, just come up and, you, and just let us know, hey, this is my first time. Or maybe uh, you want to talk to us separately afterwards. That's fine, too. But I want the team to come up. They're going to lead us in a time of worship while we're here. And, and, and continue to keep a heart of prayer. Press in. Thank God for what he's doing right now. There's so many things that fill our life. There's so many things that await us at the end of the day today but let this be a moment where you put the Holy Spirit as number one priority in your life and let him touch you, let him fill you and let him show you how much he loves you. He doesn't reveal himself, he reveals Jesus. So what he's going to do is make Jesus known in your life. Pastor Joyce has been so faithful of a steward of the presence of God, has taught me so much, has changed her life. She has powerful testimonies. She imparted so much of what she knows into me and into our family. And this is just a pillar of what God does here at Gathering Place Church. Like I said, it's not weird. Nothing crazy is going to happen. It's something that is very normal and a part of your Christian walk. So right now, if we could all just stand together. If you get tired, feel free to sit at any time. But let's just stand right here. in the.